Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans studios. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They're with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Send the tweets. Send them hot. At Ken Carmen C-A-R-M-A-N. I tried. And it's good to be back with you. And coming up at 11 o'clock, I realized over last weekend that I and Brad Stevens has something in common. And I'll tell you that coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern. Which would be, what is that, 9 Pacific? No, 10 Pacific. There we go. See, I got my rods and cones mixed up. Folks, I tried. I tried as hard as I possibly could. I made an argument. I gave passion behind it. And I still think I'm right. I did this months ago. I brought this up right after. I mean, this was the show between Christmas and New Year's. I thought about it. And I go, man, everybody's busting his stones about it. Just, just sign the deal. Sign the deal, and you can have it all. But he doesn't want to. And it seems that I'm going to be the one who's wrong. That he's going to go, and that he's going to eventually be a guy who is maligned in the Bay Area, and maligned in the Oklahoma City, and then eventually maligned in the next place he goes to. But I, I tried to make that argument. I said, why do you want to go to New York? Why, why do you want to go anywhere else? Kevin, why do you want to do that? I, I know, everybody... When, they, when you lose, which is rarely, everybody blames it on you. Everybody seems to be having more fun without you. More on that coming up in a moment. Everybody seems to just want to see what this Golden State Warriors team can do without you again. It, it, you are a cheat code in your own right, and you're blamed for it. And a lot of it, it's just not fair. You're not the extrovert. You're not the next LeBron. LeBron is a guy who's a star of stage and screen, a guy who has obviously been criticized and still criticized to this day, and rightfully so, but a guy who's certainly not above criticism, but a guy who's a major star of stage, screen, business, has become a global icon in not just the sport of basketball, but in humanity. Kevin, you're not that guy, and that's okay. You said you're a basketball player. You're, you're a basketball player. I got it. You're angry. You're upset, you're befuddled. The guy is a two-time NBA champion, back-to-back, a two-time finals MVP, and he looks like the most miserable you-know-what you can find on earth. I mean, he just, unless he's talking to other players, like unless he's on C.J. McCollum's podcast or whether he's talking to other basketball guys, he seems absolutely miserable. There's no on-and-off switch. I think, man, it could all change. Because I don't know why a guy like you wants to go to New York. I, honestly, go, Golden State, you look at the Bay Area, fun, laid back. New York's busy. New York's mean, fast-paced. Golden State, decent weather. I know sometimes it gets a little bit cool out there. But decent weather, good weather for the most part, fun, inviting. New York, cold a lot of the times, foreboding. 
Again, a mean spirit overall. The Warriors right now, and I think that 49ers fans, maybe a Raider fan, even with the Raiders and and them sucking up the room right now, they might give me an argument. But right now, the Warriors are the kings of the West. They are number one out there. They're number one talked about. It's an expectation. It's better than anything else. It's bigger than anything else. They're the best. I got a couple of New York guys in the studio, and if they disagree, then I'll, I'll hear them out later on. But if I look at a New York Knicks team that could be one of the very best in the NBA, you could put together a tremendous basketball team. You could even go out and win it. I still think you're probably second, maybe third. Always going to be the Yankees and more than likely going to be the Giants. You could be the king. You could be that guy if you wanted to be. You don't want to be it. So I guess I'm going to be wrong. I still feel that if you signed a six-year deal or a five-year deal and and really gave them peace of mind and they sent Draymond Green, you'd be the guy they ended up loving. You were the one who was the outsider before the interloper, the Yoko Ono to some people, even though the analogy that people use doesn't make any sense, really. But the Yoko Ono to some people, fine, go ahead and run with it. You could go from that guy to an integral part, and you already are, but no one wants to give you credit, an integral part of one of the greatest dynasties in sports history. You can be that guy. And you can have all the fun and live on the West Coast and have a great time and finally get what you deserve from the fan base. You don't want to do it. So what's gone on over this season has been the separation. Because you've all been in a relationship. Maybe you've been in a relationship recently. Maybe you were in high school and you knew and it was starting to go the other way. One picking up the phone wasn't texting you back as much, kind of starting to separate. You knew when something was going on. You knew when something was going to happen. You had that feeling. You wanted to lie to yourself, and sometimes guys overreact, women overreact. But you wanted to believe the very best, but you knew in the end that's where the beginning of the end was, and there was a separation. Golden State fans are already separating themselves. Golden State fans already are getting themselves ready to know that, okay, we have one more run Maybe this year, as long as everything stays good, and I say maybe this year only because the media has tried to make some sort of a talking point out of it, saying, well, the Warriors are crumbling. The Warriors aren't doing anything as far as crumbling is concerned. They're only getting better. But you have one more run, and then this will be it. Kevin will go, and you'll keep your core three together. Hopefully, I know, Draymond. Hopefully, you'll keep it, but at least you'll have Steph and Clay, and everybody loves Steph and Clay. You'll still have those guys. So you're getting yourself ready for that. And then over the last couple of games... After Kevin gets hurt, you see what it was before and what it could be again. And that that angst, that pall that was laid over the team, it's gone. No more bitching in the postgame. No more going after the media in the postgame. No more of the nastiness. And this could very well be Kevin Durant's fault as is. I, I still can't diagnose that 100% for sure. I can't do it. I wish I could. I can't. We'll see over time. But right now, I can't say it's always 100% his fault because I still think that the pressure of basketball, of playing at that level, of being asked those questions by the media has taken its toll on Kevin Durant. That's why I still say if you signed a five-year deal, it would relax everybody. It would relax you. You would be beloved in Golden State, but you don't want to hear that. So now we go with plan B, and plan B is what we're seeing right now with Golden State. The three amigos back, guys playing better than ever, the ball movement better than it's been in quite some time, better than when Kevin Durant was there, better than what you've seen in quite some time, and the fans are remembering it, they're loving it, they're remembering what it was like. 
right here in the middle of a dynasty when there's pressure, when things are not the same as they were with that first chase, where that first taste of victory could have been attained and you could have got it that first time, where it was never supposed to be as special as it was before. Here it is. It's special again. And fans are already seeing it. They're catching a glimpse of it, what things used to be, that that poetic basketball that changed the NBA, the three guys that were drafted by this basketball team, no matter nobody what anybody else wants to say, the three guys that were drafted because, you know, they didn't tank, technically. They did it right, technically. And they got those three guys together, and they coached them up. And Jerry West did it. And I know that I can sit here and complain and moan and be nasty about it and say that it's rigged and it's a falsity and that the NBA isn't even fun anymore. But those guys were drafted by that team, and good Golden State fans knew it. They're not the quintessential super team. At least they weren't before Kevin Durant was there. They weren't that team. They didn't have guys go from other teams and collect themselves and go to Golden State. Those guys are organic, homegrown, all-stars, possible Hall of Famers, especially with two of them, guys who win championships for that organization. And you loved them, and things changed when Kevin Durant got there. Then the expectations were there. Then you had to deal with the drama and the cantankerous nature of Kevin. And things got a little bit sour. And here we are over the last three games, and things are a little bit nice again. There's that innocence again, that fun. The shimmy is back. Steve Kerr's feeling good. Said, hey, we stole it from him last night. Hell, they played better. We stole it from him last night. Gosh, that cockiness without Steve Kerr even trying. It's back, and you're loving it. And I still think Golden State's going to win this no matter what. I I love what Milwaukee's doing. Don't get me wrong. If you've listened to the show at all before last week when Lima filled in for me, you know that my Western Conference team has always been the Trailblazers, and I've always been, with my heart, I'll admit it, with my heart, I've always liked the Trailblazers. They got no shot. I think this series is going to come to an end. I think the next series is coming to an end. I think with or without Kevin Durant, it's over. But my thought is, if you're going to win no matter what, how much more does this title mean without Kevin Durant? How much more will it mean for a Golden State fan? How much more will it mean for a basketball fan? Because if Kevin Durant goes and say they, I know, Draymond has not been the same, but say they keep the old guard around, They find what it's like again to play with each other again. Hey, Clay said it before. He'd love to stay for even less. Well, that's coming from Clay's mouth. He'd love to do it again. He'd love to run it back some more. He'd love to put more championships up there, more banners up at the new arena after they get done with Oracle after this season. They'd love to do it, and he'd love to do it. How much more would a championship mean now? Because I can make an argument up ways, down ways, front, back, every way you can. The Kevin Durant, his best option is right there at Golden State with the Warriors, finishing his career with that team. Finishing his career in that area, his best chance to be a beloved, because you know he wants to be, no matter what he says, to be a beloved figure with the fan base, to be a person that's appreciated and loved by a fan base, that is welcomed in with open arms by a fan base, that's his chance. And by the national basketball media, not the insiders, not just the guys who are hardcore everyday writers, but by the opinion makers that float in, drop an opinion and get out every day, it's his chance to be beloved. I'll make that argument. I think I can make a damn good one. But he's going to go his own way. 
And he'll always be remembered with Golden State fans. Hey, the great player, one of the best of the generation, a two-time finals MVP, and there will be reunions where they'll hopefully welcome him back and the spotlight will be on Kevin and he'll wave to the crowd and they'll they'll clap back and they'll raise a banner and everything will be great. There will probably be that day. Not that that's not going to happen. There will probably be that day. But he knows it and everybody else knows it. While he's the best player on the floor at any given time in any game in the league in basketball's highest league in its biggest and brightest moments, he's the best player on the floor. He's not number one in those fans' hearts. He's number four in those fans' hearts. Maybe number three on a good night, depending on how they get along with Draymond that day. But usually number four. All that can change. But I can't make a change if he doesn't want it to change. So then it turns to the big three are back. Those homegrown, organic guys that we loved, the guys like Clay Thompson who came out his rookie year and showed flashes of brilliance here and there, but... Boy, he really can never get it going, and then in year two just became so much more dramatically improved and became a microwave in his own right and became a guy who who could be counted on to change a game as a starter day in and day out. Became a backbone of an offensive machine with him and Steph Curry, and obviously when we talk about Draymond, the inside-out basketball that he's still capable of. Guys like Andre Iguodala, where now there's an, there's an honest-to-goodness argument on whether or not Andre Iguodala is a Hall of Famer. And there's a strong argument where, boy, I kind of want to put him in. Hold on, I know. But I still want to kind of put him in. That fun basketball is back. And if you're honest with yourself, a championship's a championship. You'll love a championship. Yeah, I know. Everybody loves a championship. Everybody loves a parade, and everybody loves dominance. And if you're a true Golden State Warriors fan from the years of Chris Mullen on, you'll enjoy this too. But you got to admit that if it's without Kevin, and even though Kevin will probably be back, you'd like it a little bit more than the last couple of years, wouldn't you? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Will the title mean more without Kevin Durant to Golden State? 855-212-4CBS. Got a lot of people coming up. Kyle Boone coming up. We'll talk college basketball with him, NBA basketball with him, NBA draft with him. Again, 11 a.m. Eastern, what I have in common with Brad Stevens. But do you think a title will mean more without Kevin Durant? It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. A lot of folks coming up today. Kyle Boone going to join us. CBSSports.com, uh, NBA college hoops writer. A lot of teams. Number one overall, I, I know that it goes to New Orleans. I know a lot of people are excited about New Orleans. Well, a lot of people are not excited about New Orleans because it's New Orleans. I'm excited for David Griffin. I'm excited for what Zion Williamson could possibly do. It jumpstarts that league, and I know well, it's rigged. It's only rigged if your team didn't get the number one pick. Then you think it's rigged. And if I, if we're being honest about this, if we're talking about and I'm going to go off on a tangent here just because I'm going to do it because we got Kyle coming up, and I'm just going to get ready for him. I was going to go somewhere else with it. Let me just point this out. All these guys out there who've been doing nothing but bitching and moaning since Tuesday night about, will the lottery's rigged? Do you really, really, really think over New York, over the Knicks, over Madison Square Garden, or over, if we're going to throw this in here, over the Lakers, over Showtime, over the Bus family, over LeBron freaking James, do you really think Adam Silver or any one of these other owners out there, because he's just a commissioner and he works for the owners, do you really think they want New Orleans, Louisiana over those guys? Do you really think at all that that's what they want? 
And it's not like he won't go there anyway. That's always been the problem with it. It starts with, everybody says it starts with LeBron. It really starts with Shaq, if you think about it. If you really want to go back to it, he'll end up, if he's anywhere good, more than likely he'll end up in L.A., more than likely he'll end up in New York. I hope he stays in New Orleans for that case. There is something great to say about a non-Power 5, non-great NBA market. It's not the best NBA market. Probably bottom three. No offense to you, New Orleans. I know you try and I know you're good sports fans out there. But a bottom three NBA NBA market. Do you really think that they were, if they're going to rig this lottery, they're going to do it that way? Because it all made sense. Patrick Ewing's there. The Knicks were terrible. They trade as Chris Tapps Porzingis. Chris Tapps Porzingis gets in a fight. You had so many different scenarios that played out going, this is going to happen for the Knicks. Tonight's the night. The Knicks get Zion Williamson. Patrick Ewing's there. He's the guy who holds the card. He's the guy who holds everything. Well, really, Tatum holds the card. But he's the guy who's the representative. It just makes sense. The cosmic tumblers click into place. And I was a guy who was borderline conspiracy thought, conspiracy guy. I had all these NBA writers for years. Ken, I'm in the room. They're they're not doctoring it. Ken, I'm there. They're, they, it's all legitimate. It's all in the up and up. And I tell them myself, people go to Vegas and see David Copperfield do magic tricks right there in front of them. It doesn't mean that it's not doctored and not set up that way. But if we're going to really complain and moan about it being rigged, just admit it's sour grapes because your team sucked this year and you didn't get the number one pick. It's okay. You didn't get Zion. Hopefully there will be another prospect because you're probably going to suck again, but hopefully there will be another prospect out there that you could have a chance to go out and get. And the whole thought about tanking's dead. Please give me a freaking break on that. First about it being rigged, which is total farce, because I wish I could say it's rigged. I guess it's not rigged because there's no way in hell that they would set up the New Orleans Pelicans would be able to get that guy when everybody in Chris Paul and they don't even know what type of name they want to settle on and they don't even know if they want to be there in the next five years. There's no chance in hell that they would ever set it up where the New Orleans Pelicans get number one overall. And the second thought about it, when you get all these people who are all hot and bothered about whether or not that there's tanking that's not going to be there or tanking's dead, yes, go tell the Lakers who shut down LeBron James with still a quarter of the season left to go. Yes, go tell the Pelicans themselves who shut down a healthy Anthony Davis halfway through the season on purpose. Tanking's dead, please. Tanking in the NBA for a number one spot, the only thing that this does is tell me that the top three teams get 14%, but the other teams have a chance, and you will do whatever you can. If you have a 6% chance, you'll try to make it a 7% chance. If you have a 3% chance, you'll try to make it a 4% chance. You'll do what you can to try to get that number one overall guy. Baseball doesn't matter as much. A hitter only hits one time per nine trips through the order. A pitcher only pitches once every five days. It doesn't matter as much. In the NFL, there's still 10 other pieces on offense and 21 other pieces that have to move around a quarterback if you get number one overall or you take another position. A guy can't win, and he's done it every now and then, but a guy can't win games consistently by himself. That's why Tom Brady takes a pay cut. So if you think that tanking's going to go away where a guy like LeBron can take a bunch of garbage on his back like he did in 2017 or 2018 like he did in 2007 and throw a bunch of garbage on his back and go to an NBA Finals and still give his team a shot, if you really don't believe teams will still do that, I hate to tell you, you're sadly mistaken. Because Zion Williamson means revenue. Zion Zion Williamson means sellout. He means relevance. 
in a place that needs relevance in any one of these places. Even the Knicks need relevance for that. The Lakers needed some good news. That's how much these guys mean. And eventually, hopefully, he's that player where, yes, he's able to throw teams on his back and make up for guys being injured or guys around him just sucking up the room and not doing what's needed to be done. In the NBA, there's still a possibility where guys can do that. Kevin Durant, when he's healthy, can rise up and overcome and play to that level. We gave Russell Westbrook an MVP in a 44-win season for doing just that. Tanking's dead? Listen to yourselves when you say that. NFL, there's no reason. Hell, I'll have an idea to bring a lottery to the NFL to make it even better for you. Major League Baseball, nope, no tanking there. I totally agree. No reason to really, you can tank it out and get the number one pick. There's really just playing young guys and giving those guys experience. I guess you could say that's the form of tanking it out. And maybe if you get the number one pick in baseball, that helps. But again, you can only bat so many times in a game. You can only pitch so many times per season. You need other pieces that are going to be able to help you out. And plenty of teams and plenty of fan bases know that in Major League Baseball. But in the NBA, you get one guy, he can't make that big of a difference for you. Not right now. Zion Williamson and New Orleans aren't going to the playoffs right now. You don't win a bunch with rookies. But over time, yes, you hope to get to that level. And you hope to get to that level within now and the next seven years before Zion Williamson more than likely leaves in free agency. Which is another bridge that they'll have to cross. I hope that he loves the people in New Orleans and loves the fans in New Orleans and brings basketball, brings life back to New Orleans because basketball's been dead there basically since it arrived again. I hope he does that. I don't think he will. I think he'll take off, but I hope he does do that for those good fans. I don't like seeing teams do have to deal with that. But if we're saying that tanking's dead because of this, no, it just gives me a better shot. And so if I have a chance, even if I have a 6% chance, if I can get a 7% chance because the Pelicans were able to do that, the Lakers still got a top three pick or a top four pick, the Knicks still got a top, okay, well, the Knicks are a bad example, but the other teams had themselves a chance, then they're going to do it. Then they're absolutely going to do it. And the whole thought about it being rigged, ridiculous. I mean, I was going to go off on something about the Warriors again and Kevin Durant and everything, but I, I just get it stuck in my head and it bothers the hell out of me that some people would say that tanking's still dead in the NBA or going to die now in the NBA. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. We'll get to some calls when we try to get back. Also, Kyle Boone going to join us next. We'll talk NBA with him. Sean Powell at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by GEICO. There's a quick way you can save money. You switch to GEICO. You go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Coming up at 11 a.m. Eastern, what a great big fat bastard named Ken Carmen and Brad Stevens have in common. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Get to the phones here in a bit, but let me get to the hotline right now. Welcome in Kyle Boone, CBSSports.com, NBA college hoops writer, NBA draft lottery just happened. I'm sure Kyle starts every interview off with this question, so I'm going to start it off with this on, Kyle. Is the NBA draft lottery rigged, and is tanking dead? Kyle, go ahead. <laughs> I think if the, the draft lottery was actually rigged, uh, the Lakers probably would have won it for... Uh, someone else besides one of the smallest markets in the entire NBA. But it, it does feel like it was a little bit of good karma for the Pelicans, right, because they had such a bad year um, between the Anthony Davis thing and, and just a generally a down year 
Um, for them to win the lottery and, and ultimately win the Zion Williamson sweepstakes does feel like it's a little bit rigged, but uh, I won't go for conspiracy theory on you. I do, I do think that uh, tanking is going to take on a new form because we saw for the first time this year that lottery odds were flattened. Um, now, for the first time, the worst three teams have a 14% chance of winning the number one pick as opposed to years past where it's more than 25%. So I think uh, what we saw, the, the Pelicans moving up and, and having a 6% chance and ended up winning the lottery, uh, the Grizzlies making a move up, the Lakers making a move up, I think it's going to make a lot more French teams that, that maybe are just going to miss the playoffs decide, you know what, uh, let's go ahead and tank, let's go ahead and shut some players down and see if we can get into the lottery because, if you're in the lottery, you got a shot, and uh, it's always a good sign if you can end up making that making a chance to have that number one pick. See, I totally agree, and I wasn't on all this last week. It, it, it just I, I had the vacation, but I, it killed me to hear. Well, tanking's dead, and I totally agree with you. If you're not going to make it, well, okay. If it's a four percent chance, can I make it a five percent chance? You know, I, I'm not sure how the math all works out, Kyle, but. Now I think that the the Pelicans are are a great example of that. I think the Lakers, as much as I might hate to admit it, are a great example of that. Going well, wait a minute. Now with the new odds, you can certainly change your team's fortunes around. Even trying to be a team that started out trying to compete back in late October, early November, and now things might be changing here in February and in March. Yeah, it, it, the NBA's new model was was an effort to de incentivize tanking, and I think they certainly did that. I think that's mission accomplished. But there is still incentive to tank you know it's, it's not like there is no reward for tanking yet mm-hmm. the the chances of actually getting that number one pick for teams that are at the worst in the nba are a little bit lower but there's still absolutely a chance you saw the pelicans they only had a six percent chance and they still won it the lakers they had less than a two percent chance and they got into the top five so i so long as there is any incentive whatsoever uh teams are going to continue to tank and in, in fact it may in, in in, end up incentivizing more teams to tank and try and get in the lottery. So we get from Kyle Boone joining us on the show, CBS Sports. So we have Zion and then maybe like Ja Morant number two. I think that, it, am I safe to say that he's the number two pick? Is that okay? Or maybe will Memphis go in a different direction? Yeah, I think right now the uh, what what most people are reporting is that Ja Morant is, is probably going to end up in, in Memphis and kind of be the successor to uh, Mike Conley. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, so we get Zion Williamson, John Morant, and probably R.J. Barrett, but let's throw him in the mix. Barrett, Hunter, Kobe White, uh, Jarrett Culver, Cam Reddish. I've seen Bull Bull in there for whatever reason, but fine, whatever. Out of the guys like Barrett, Hunter, Culver, Reddish, those type of guys, who, who do you think is maybe underrated out of that next wave of players, maybe three through eight in the draft? Yeah, I think I think Barrett's probably number three, but at number four, I think probably the most underrated and the guy who I actually think should go number four is DeAndre Hunter. He's a guy from Virginia who was kind of that glue piece for Virginia when they won the national title last season. He's six foot eight. He can stretch the floor. He can hit threes. He plays really good defense. He can guard multiple positions. He's a guy who I don't think he's going to be a superstar. So, you know, if if the Lakers end up keeping this pick, do they want to take a superstar chance and decide, hey, we think Darius Garland could be be an all-star down the road or Cam Reddish could be an all-star? That'd be fine. But in in the way that the Lakers are currently constructed, if they want a guy who can pair with LeBron, who can pair with Kyle Kuzma, 
who could potentially help the Lakers make a championship push, I think Hunter is kind of that guy who fits perfectly with what they have in place right now. What do you think of Cam Reddish? Because he's fallen a little bit for some people, and I'm going, man, if if Zion had decided to not go to Duke because it was a little bit late, maybe Cam Reddish would be right up there with some of the other names we talk about. Or yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I think the op- opinions are split between scouts, between media members. It's hard to get a read on him. I think there's a lot of people who think that he's not all the way in on basketball. There's a lot of people who think that just his general desire to play just isn't quite there. He doesn't have the kind of the hunger, the push, the competition to be great. I asked him about that this week, and he laughed and said, you know, I think that those opinions are stupid. I can't wait to prove people wrong. So <laughs> I think in a different fit with Duke, um, it's possible he could have been a great a college basketball player. Obviously, he had a tough position being alongside Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett at Duke, but he's a good shooter. He's a guy who's 6'8", has a really good physical profile. Uh, he, a team inside the top 10 is going to fall in love with him and take him, but he's, he's, he's kind of the boomer butt prospect inside the lottery where you know, in five years we could look up and he's a top 15 player in the NBA, or he could be out of the NBA. I don't, I don't think anyone has a really good read on him at the moment. Kyle Boone joining us on the show, CBS Sports NBA Draft, College Hoops writer. Find him on Twitter at Kyle Boone. Okay, let me ask you about Bull Bull because I see him somewhere in the top 20, top 25. He's played, what, three halves in college basketball. The lineage, yeah, the lineage is off injured too. Rest in peace. Uh, What's your thought on a guy like that? Because it's, wow, seven feet tall, but it's also, eh, it's not that type of a game anymore. Yeah, people are are also split on Bull Bull because, yeah, the talent is absolutely there. The physical profile is just insane. He's seven foot two, and he does things that you know small guards can't do. He he, he averaged twenty one points per game, shot fifty two percent from three in nine games before he had an, a season ending injury. And, and the big concern here is can he stay healthy? And that's the reason why his stock is so volatile. People think he could go as high as number five, but he could drop as low as twenty five. So it's a hard to get a read on him. I think if a team falls in love with him and decides, hey, the talent is worth the risk, and, and if he's going to be injured, um, it, it probably won't be worth it. But if he's able to stay healthy, he's going to be a great player in this draft. Um, a guy who can shoot threes and block shots at the same rate that he can are really, really hard to come by. Um, so he's a guy that certainly I think is, has a lot of uh, leeway in terms of his draft stock. He could go really high, or he could end up being one of the big fallers on draft night. Kyle Boone joining us on the show. All right, give me something on Taco Fall here. That's my guy, Taco Fall. He has been really impressive this week in Chicago. Um, he came in, obviously, the tallest player measured this week. He was seven foot seven with shoes on, which I, I cannot even describe how insane it is to watch him in person. He, I, I wrote for CBSSports.com. Uh, when he's on the court, he really warps the game in a way that I have not seen because he's not super mobile. He has some limitations to his game because he's so big and he's so wide. Um, But his wingspan is just absolutely insane. He covers so much ground, even if he's not necessarily mobile. And so he he had a pretty good impression among scouts this week. I thought he did a good job on defense. He wasn't super lost. He, He played with a lot of energy. You know, he can dunk it basically from the free throw line without jumping. So, He's, he's really in, uh, piqued a lot of interest in Chicago, and, and uh, someone had tweeted earlier this week, if someone has a second-round pick, 
why not? I think it's worth a flyer to see exactly how this is going to pan out, but I think he's worked his way up and potentially could be drafted. I saw your tweet earlier about uh, what Chicago was like, where a cop what stopped you and Reed Forgrave. Is this true? And asked for your credentials <laughs> and then yeah, got mad so about the lottery? Go ahead. Go ahead. So yeah, we were, shooting, uh, we were shooting at the Adler Planetarium, and uh, I think you have to have a license if you're shooting like a, a television show, but we were just shooting like for CBS Sports HQ. Yeah. And so a, a police officer pulled us over, looked very serious, asked for all of our credentials, which is weird because obviously a planetarium doesn't issue credentials. Um, <laughs> and I pulled my credential out, and he immediately puts his hands up, and he's like, the Bulls, it's, it's rigged. It's all rigged. He's so mad. <laughs> uh, I love the NBA draft for that reason. It just drives people nuts. Everyone thinks the, the, the draft lottery is rigged. Um, and Chicago Bulls fans, man, they love their basketball, so it's awesome to see. How bad? How bad is the overall feeling with Bulls fans right now? Because it's it's been an ugly last couple of years, Kyle. It's been it's been rough. I think I think they're on the upswing. They've got some good talent in place right now. Lori Markin is the guy who who everyone really likes. Wendell Carter is the guy who everyone really likes. I think if they're able to get a point guard in this draft class. Not all is lost. Obviously, they probably wanted to win the lottery. I think everyone obviously wanted to win the lottery uh, because everyone wants Zion Williamson. But, you know, if they're able to potentially nab a point guard in this class, be it Darius Garland or Kobe White, um, someone of that ilk, I think that they could actually luck into having a really nice core to build around long term. So I'm kind of in on the Bulls. Uh, I do think that. They kind of got screwed in terms of the draft order. They probably thought they should have been higher, and I thought they would end up higher. But I think if they end up getting a point guard, and I think Toby White would be a really good fit, uh, not all is lost. I think there's, they're on the upswing. I'm not going to let you go until I get an answer on this question. Kyle Boone joining us on the show, CBS Sports. NCAA, they're going to talk, uh, having meetings about the paying players for their likeness type of thing. I loved NCAA football. I wish it was still back, the video game. I know you probably wish NCAA basketball was back. Is there a possibility that this actually gets done, that there's something maybe as close to fair and equitable as we can for players where the NCAA gets to wet their beak, players get to wet their beak, and fans get their video games and get to enjoy it without feeling guilty anymore? Is there a chance that this happens? I think there's a strong chance it happens. In fact, I think there's legislation out there that would actually pave the way for that to happen. I hope it happens. I'm not even a gamer, but playing Zion Williamson in NCAA basketball would just be insane and unfair. Um, But, yeah, I'll make a prediction. I think in three years uh, the game will be back and uh, we'll be playing it on our PS3 or PS8 or whatever it is. (laughs) I haven't bought video games in years. And I would. I, I, I admit wholeheartedly because I, I feel bad because every single time we talk about it, it always comes into, well, they need to pay the players. They need to do this for the players. And so there's a little bit of guilt, I will admit, of watching, commenting, and then automatically it always goes back to the paying players thing where this seems to be so simple. Hopefully they're able to find a way where everybody, and yeah, I do mean this, that the NCAA, just like what the government would do in any other realm of business, would want to get its beak wet and get a little bit of a taste of the action. If they get their taste, then hopefully everything works out. Would this be just the beginning towards paying players full-time, or could this be where it stops, Kyle, real quick? I, I think amateurism could could potentially end. I think that would, if that were to happen, 
um, I think eventually we'll walk into a scenario where players are going to be able to benefit from their license. I think that that is on the way. Kyle, I love it. Thank you very much for the time. All the best to you. Hopefully we'll talk to you again soon, buddy. Sounds good, man. Thank you. Thank you. Kyle Boone, CBS Sports NBA Draft College Hoops writer. Follow him on Twitter at Kyle Boone. I got many thoughts on that later on in the show, probably about 12.40 p.m. Eastern. Because I'm not a gamer. I don't got anything against e-gamers or e-sports or any of that. Not a gamer. Uh, but I'll tell you this. I went out. My wife got me PS4. This would have been three years ago. And it sat on the shelf, collected dust. I was thankful. Don't get me wrong. Because it wasn't compatible with my old NCAA football game. I went through the rigmarole just to play, knowing I was knowing I was going to get hoodwinked on this. Went through the rigmarole of going to a, a game exchange place, getting a PS3, getting the NCAA football, exchanging the PS4, knowing I was getting ripped off because I didn't want to have to deal with Craigslist or Facebook or anything of that like that. I just wanted to be done with it in one day just so I could play NCAA football. It's like, gosh, I got some I got a little bit of downtime. It's summertime. I'm going on vacation soon. Gotta get it, gotta get it done. One of the best purchases ever. No one I was gonna get hoodwinked on the games. And I'll tell you what, if that comes back out and it coincides with PS5 or whatever it might be by that time, I'll get the PS5 and I will get the game. You can guarantee yourself that automatically you welcome in new customers and they'll benefit off the likeness. So it makes me feel better in the long run. 855-2124-CBS coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll talk to Sean Powell, NBA.com. We'll talk playoffs with him. Up next, what Brad Stevens and I have in common. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.